With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Hello, everybody. Good evening. And welcome back to Gary Morgan's Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. It's been another interesting week for the Pirates. I mean, you never say that they spoil you for fun. There's always something weird to think about with them. And if you told me they were going to take two or three from Atlanta, I definitely wouldn't have believed you. If you told me they were going to beat Atlanta really, really badly in one game, I, I don't think I would have believed you. Um, I think the third game of the series was probably a little more indicative of what most people were expecting, but even so, you know, we're coming up on some pretty big events here and I think it's time for us to talk about a few of them, the all-star game, the drafts coming. I mean, the pirates are at the mid season point. And the first thing I think we're going to discuss today is, is really why isn't this team good enough to build on? I hear an awful lot of people after a few wins in a row that, they want to start chirping that, that the Pirates need to tightly squeeze this lineup together and hold on to them and let and let them be the core and build around them. And we've discussed why Adam Frazier is going to be on the move so many times that I, I have to imagine everyone's heard it at this point. I mean, they're almost out of control on the guy. There's just nothing else you can do, and he's having a career season. Uh, where do you go from here? I mean, how do you explain to fans – long-suffering fans sometimes, why they have to rebuild this team. And before we get into our topics, let's go ahead and introduce our guest. I'd like to welcome back to the show, Mr. Jim Stam, repping the 412 and uh, doing lawn work almost constantly. Yeah, so um, yard work is done. It's time to uh, do a little podcasting here and... um, I'm ready, man. Drafts coming up, all-star game. Pirates got some selections. So, yeah, this is uh, – the record's not where we want it to be, but, hey, it's still a good time to talk. And then uh, the other guest I brought on today is Mr. Rich Thompson, and he is one of the fans that I respect the most. He's all the way out in the West Coast. He's got the Dodgers and the Angels right in his backyard, and he's still chosen to be a Pirates fan. Um, plus he's a weatherman, so he's probably used to predicting things that don't happen all the time. So we're going to avoid predictions in this one. <laughs> and That's Rich, probably for the best. Rich, say hello to everybody. Uh, hi, nice. Uh, great to be on the podcast. I'm, re- I'm going to really enjoy this, I think. So thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So let's dig in and I'll start with you. I mean, why not? Why can't you build on this team? I mean, you, you look at it and I think it's pretty plain to see we've only got a few building blocks, but people still get hung up on that. They don't want to trade anybody. Well, you figure the only offensive blocks you have are Hayes and Reynolds, basically, and Frazier if you keep them. But everything else is pretty much starters and on the bench are pretty much replacement level or below replacement level, it seems. So, I mean, you'd have to spend, I think, so much money to, to get comp, you know, to get, you know, 
average or above average players at other positions to really make this team competitive as is. And, you know, so, so I'll say what everybody would say to you for that, right? They'd go, well, Bob won't spend. That's the problem anyway. We wouldn't even be in this position if he spent money, right? Well, I, I, I think you, we would be because you'd have to spend the money wisely. I mean, it's, I know people don't like hearing the small market argument and so forth, but it is. And an owner of a professional sports team, that's his or that's their investment, you know? And so, you know, you can upset all them at Nuttig all you want for not spending money, but, you know, I just think at this point, with the team way it is now, it would be a lost cause of trying to spend the money they'd have to spend to make this team competitive as is with, you know, building around Hayes, Frazier, and Reynolds. I mean, because right. it's just everything else is, you know, even for a decent bench player, probably paying like $10 million a year, it seems at this point, you know, whatever. Very true. You know, so I just, I don't even think you'd see like, like the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Dodgers really try and do that if they are at this point, you know, even though they'd have more money and so forth. I don't think you'd say because it just wouldn't be worth it when you have what's coming up in the minor leagues in two or three or four years, but you expect as long as those guys develop where, you know, it, you have that coming, you know, spend that sort of money you'd have to spend now. I don't think it would be worth it for any owner, honestly. Right. I know it sucks I mean, for us as a fan. There but, was probably an argument to be made for it. Like, uh, you know, back in 2019, you probably could have said, okay, we've got Starling Marte. We got Josh Bell. We've got Joe Musgrove. We've got Jamison Tyon coming back. We've got this core that we think we can build on. You know, as I watch Josh Bell play right now in Washington, I'm realizing, yeah, they did the right thing. This guy was yes. not a building block. And um, once you admit that he's not a building block and you – you look at guys like Garrett Cole, who can't pitch without the sticky stuff, apparently, and Jamison Tyon, who's really underwhelming in New York. And you, you really start to look at what we considered to be part of the core. And you, I think you kind of see why we had to go this route. Jim, I mean, you you know exactly where you are on Bob Nutting as he doesn't spend enough money like everybody else believes. But money wouldn't have pulled them out of this couple years ago even if they had decided to add they're adding on to that list of players i just described yeah i i think um obviously look that's always the 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 cloud that's hanging over the organization right now and people are people are well aware of it clearly you know um payroll isn't where we'd like it to be but and you alluded to this already gary which is i think you know three four years ago that is something you can make the argument. But once you go all in on this type of rebuild to this extent, and you're in the, um, and I still refer to it as the infancy stages because I think, I think that it is. And it better um, be, if this is teenage, we're in trouble. <laughs> they need to start yeah. over. <laughs> right. Right. So, so to, so to do it right now or to make that the criticism and look, I'm as hard on nutting as anybody, but to make that the criticism right now when it just wouldn't make sense anyway, you know, if we're two years down the road and we're still having this conversation after things have, um, you know, development has progressed and we've got guys that are ready to contribute, you know, uh, internally, then we can start having that conversation again. I hope we don't have it. Um, I think we also have to look at, Pirate fans tend to get very focused on the Pirates and, and, and stay in that Pirate bubble. And when we're talking about why not 
why don't you want to add on to this team? Why can't this, you know, you build around the core? Well, let's look around and you tell me um, the, the teams that are in contention. And I'm not talking about the Mets or, you know, the surprise Giants this year. I mean, teams that are truly in contention have a real legitimate shot of competing for that champ, a championship and look at their rosters. And you tell me if this is the type of team that you're ready to do those things with and, and add on and keep those um, core players. I don't see it. I think, I, like I said, I think fans here have a ten- tendency to just look inwardly big picture and around the league. I just don't see it. Absolutely not. And I mean, we're going to take a quick break here, but when we come back, I think we need to address, you know, some of the crazy asks in both directions, both from Ben Sherrington and to Ben Sherrington four players that surround the trade deadline here with the Pirates. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back and, you know, the trade market is starting to heat up. You know, it doesn't just happen at this time of year because um, the deadline is at the end of the month. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, people often ask me, well, why do they wait so long to make these trades? If they know they're going to trade them, why don't they do it earlier? Well, until about this point in the season, you don't really know who's a buyer, seller, who's going to stand pat, you know? (laughs) You don't know who's injured. It, that's why this stuff waits until this point. But one of the things that I've seen a lot are people proposing just crazy trades, you know, like Brian Reynolds for Clint Frazier and a minor leaguer. Um, I, it's real easy for me to define that. I know where that's coming from. That's coming from Yankees bloggers that just have absolutely no idea what a rebuild is because they've never had to do it. And, and they just don't even understand the, the general concept. So they just think it's indiscriminate selling of everybody of any kind of value on the team, period. They don't, they don't take any other factors in. 
and they think all of their people are people that other teams are salivating over. Like they think we're dying to have Clint Frazier. They've been trying to give him to us for five years. I mean, problem is the Yankees can't find a place for him. Why would we? I mean, Jim, why did GMs take the phone call on players like that? You know, listen, as, as a GM, I think the biggest thing you're doing is y- y- you have to be open to any and everything. And you're, you're taking calls constantly, I would imagine. And sometimes it's just more for information gathering and to see what the general consensus and the vibe is out there. And hey, if you're, if you're claiming someone is completely off limits, I don't know how that benefits a team like the Pirates. Of course, some guys are, you know, pretty much off limits. You'd have to be blown away. But why would you make a declaration or a proclamation that someone is completely off limits when you don't know what someone's willing to do? Um, So I I just think that you want to keep the lines of communication open and to just make statements out the gate you never know what can could transpire down the road or right now so leave the lines of communication open and see what happens i mean you could see some gms playing games like um and rich i'll go to you because this is actually a little bit closer to your home but you, you recently heard the colorado manager say garamon marquez isn't going anywhere right mm-hmm. well he yeah. was just about the number one pitching target on the trade market this year right yeah. So is he trying to beef up the value of his guy or is, is he being legit? I think he's just trying to beef up the value, you know, just from the GM down saying, you know, have the manager make these comments just to kind of, you know, increase the stature of said player in this case, Marquez. And I think every team does, as you said, every team, every fan of that team values their players higher that they're trading away than what they're getting back. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, we're giving you Clint Frazier for such and such. That's a great deal because Clint Frazier is a great player, but we don't need him, but we need your guy, you know? So I think, you know, every fan of every team just has that. Our players are the better end of the deal that we're trading away. Why, but then why you're trading away? I don't know, but I think it's okay for any GM or manager to build up their players as best they can. Cause you know, someone out there, some GM might be desperate to actually buy into it. You never know. I mean, the biggest, the the biggest thing that I think is scaring pirates fans right now is that they're afraid Ben Charrington's asking for too much for Adam Frazier. So they'll end up not getting the deal done and we'll be, and I hate to say the word stuck with him because I mean, it's not like it's a bad thing. If, if Adam Frazier ends up staying here to me, I mean, you'd lose out on the prospect capital that, you know, the hall he could bring back, but, I mean, at the end of the day, that doesn't make the team bad that he, that he ends up sticking around. But what's the danger there, Jim? I mean, if you're a GM, I want my GM asking for the moon, right? Yeah, I mean, look, it's July 8th. So um, there's time. And this is, this is the dance, right, between GMs and scouting departments and who they're looking for and what they're willing to, to give. I mean, anybody that's been in any kind of negotiation knows that you should start high and then you can move off of it if, if need be. Now, you know, if the market's just not there, which I don't think is going to be the case this year, I think, I think they ultimately will get a nice uh, 
a nice return on Frazier, and I think they ultimately will move him. But uh, this is, look, it's, like I said, it's early in the process still. Um, two, three weeks remaining, plenty of time, plenty of teams that can jump in it, plenty of um, opportunity to uh, weigh different packages and see if anybody at the end gets crazy. Um, obviously, it backfired with Vasquez back in the day, but that's a, that was just, a, I mean, look, that was a, a million to one. Uh, Not only that, it, it's still very much so. Maybe it backfired. I mean, yep. we, there there weren't really a bunch of official reports as to what was asked for. You know, right? We heard names, but even to this day, I can't believe that the Dodgers would have been willing to give up Gavin Lux and or Will Smith for. Vasquez I just can't so I mean to me that was like two assets they definitely wanted to count on and looking back on it I mean kind of not upset we didn't get Gavin Lux to be <laughs> to be blunt with you but um you know I mean obviously that was a situation entirely different but the Pirates I think will will make a deal for Adam Frazier. I I never thought it was going to happen before the All-Star game because it's one of the few bright spots that this team actually has is having a couple All-Stars and it does them no harm to wait until after that period of time. Really. I mean, Rich, absolutely not. Rich, what are you seeing out out in your neck of the woods? You're probably picking up a lot of LA chatter. So everybody here they love to assign uh, every player that we want to trade to the Dodgers, of course, because the Dodgers That's... are going to buy everybody from us. Really, I think well, Tony Watson's the only one I can think of. So, yeah. I mean, uh, what are you hearing? Well, I just I haven't heard anything directly about you know the Dodgers now are suddenly all that pitching depth they had at the beginning of the season, you know, where you had David Price in the bullpen is kind of a luxury and all this stuff. Now it's vaporizing with the Bauer issue. Yeah. Now Kershaw and the DL, you know, they still have Goslin has come back yet. So they're actually struggling to find starting pitching, I think. And so, I mean, I'm not sure, like with Tyler Anderson, for example, they might be interested in him as kind of a fourth, fifth starter swingman sort of thing or something like that. But they're, Dodgers, I think, would be looking for pitching. And of course, they obviously have the money to be able to do that. They can take on, you know, any sort of size contract for pitchers out there. But I think, you know, Clearly, yeah. If I heard, if I they'll be, you know, they'll be looking really hard for some sort of pitching depth because they just, they're starting pitching is starting to vaporize, yeah. you know, and it's there's like, landing spots all over the place. I mean, the giants are a surprise team that, yeah. you know, I think Jim's right. I'd probably just the eye test. I have to put them in the pretender category. Yes, definitely. But, but you can't dispute that record. No. And, and they have that record and you, you have to think, man, they could add on pretty cheap and maybe do something scary here. You know, they, if they, if they were able to toss an Adam Frazier into that lineup, I mean, that, that changes the dynamic of that team drastically gives them a oh, little yeah. bit more offense. And I mean, there's a lot of landing spots for these guys. And I, I just don't think there's any shortage of GMs that are going to take phone calls on anybody. No. Uh, and again, with Frazier, yeah, you people know, you, hear these rumors. It's a good thing. You want yeah. to hear your, your guys' names. Yeah, I, I figure. You know, if your GM, as a, if I was a GM, I'd be shooting for the moon. Also, I have Adam Frazier. Okay, I want Wander Franco. You know, you're not going to get him. You're not going. You know, but you shoot for the moon. And as Jim said, you work your way back you, down from that. You know, and you come to some sort of 
agreeing. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think that was a problem with like, say, David Littlefield and so forth. You know, he just wouldn't, things he had to, players he had to trade, he just wouldn't really, you know, kind of force the issue back in the day, you know, to yeah. get, to, to demand some sort of value, you know, and that's where I guess the thing, you know, the Pirates are a triple-A team for everybody else at, you know, oh, back then, you know. And like, so I just think, you know, your GM shoots for the moon, you got to. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, and I, I think it's great to shoot for the moon. I mean, Frazier has a lot of value. Is he a superstar? No, but, yeah, it's like, so, to see what happens, but... Certainly versatile, and I think that's an important factor here. But exactly, let's, let's take another quick break here. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the oddity of having two all stars. I mean, and not just uh, that that name that you have to have so every team's represented. I mean, these are two very worthy all stars. Pirates have two all-stars this year and you know in a year like this with a record like this you kind of expect that this would be one of those years where you just have that um that guy that really doesn't have any business being there you know representing you because somebody has to wear your logo but they've got two very very worthy players this year and um that's just an odd situation it almost makes you wonder like what in the heck has gone wrong with this team when, when you have two bats that have consistently been in your lineup healthy and, and you just can't win more? Um, what do you guys think of the all-star game in general? Rich, I'll start with you on this one because, I mean, the all-star game doesn't mean what it used to anymore. And I think we're starting to see the players feel the same way because they're opting out just left and right. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think you probably like in the- the 70s and even the 80s, it really meant something to defend the National League's honor against the American League. You know, right. Pete Rose, when he runs over Ray Fossey and stuff like, you know, it's like, you know, these things, they really wanted to win just for the league pride and so forth. Dave Parker's throw in the 79 All-Star game, you know, these guys tried because there was just that, okay, we are the National League, we're better than the American League, you know, and the there's no... circuit and the junior circuit, yeah, right. Yeah, there's no thing, all the winning, the winning league gets home field advantage or gets this that. It was just for pure pride, you know, and I, for whatever reason, I just think with maybe the amount of free agency players going back and forth and all this stuff, it just, yeah. for whatever reason, just lost its importance to players even, you know. I mean, which, there was a union back then as well. I don't think it was quite, you know, to the degree that it is now as far no. as, uh, you know, the visibility and everything, but. I'm a firm believer, and Jim, you can you can speak to this. I think interleague play and um, free agency has has pretty much destroyed the integrity of the All Star game. I mean, there used to be perennial All Stars, and you'd you'd see them from the same teams all the time. Ozzie Smith was always there. Cal Ripken Jr. was always there. Yeah. You know, Terry Pendleton was always there. Like you, you can go through and list off the guys. Will Clark, you know, your favorite. Well, now we're talking. But, but, you know, there was guys that were always there and they always represented and they were always wearing that jersey and they were always from that, that same team. And, and now you could have a guy that's an all-star three years in a row and could very well be representing a different team each year, maybe even a different league. 
Yeah, I, you look at it, you, you mentioned the interleague play. I think that really, really did affect things. Um, I think the, the amount of games that are on and that are accessible. Um, you can, if you follow a team on the West Coast and you're from the East Coast, you can watch every single one of those games. And it used to be, and this is even in the 90s and early 2000s and whatnot, it was special to be able to see some of those guys yeah, because right. you ju- you just didn't get to see Pedro Martinez every five days go out and make a start. Right. I didn't get to see Will Clark play every day and, you know, things like that. And then you've got the home run has been so um, uh, watered down to the point where it's just not the spectacle that it used to be. So, you know, the home run derby has lost a little bit of its luster. I just think that now you've got the money involved in it. Players don't want to go there, get hurt. They'd rather be rested for the regular season, postseason, you know, aspirations, whatever teams right. have got going on. So you've got a lot of different factors that just have kind of taken the shine off of it. I don't know how you get that back. Yeah. I mean, the skills competitions are even suffering, you know, like we, we know, uh, Brian Reynolds opted out of the the home run derby, and so did uh, uh, Fernando Tatis. I mean, he he decided he didn't want to play. I understand the shoulder concern with him, and but in Colorado, you would think a home run hitter would be like, "Damn, I have got to be in this, right?" Because <laughs> you figure somebody's going to hit one five hundred feet, right? Yep. I mean, so even the skills competitions aren't aren't getting a draw the way they used to, Rich. I mean. Is, is this game on life support? I don't think it's on life support, but I think Major League Baseball over the last like 10, 15 years has done a really poor job of marketing itself to younger fans. You know, both the price to go to a ball game, these stupid blackout things, you know, where you can't watch your local yeah. team or this or that. You know, so they're killing the enthusiasm that young kids might have for baseball and to grow up to be lifelong baseball fans like we are. You know, I don't think, like, I, I can't speak, I'm not going to speak for you or, or John, but, you know, I'm a lifelong Pirates fan and baseball fan. That's not going to change no matter what stupid things the union and the commissioner's office do, you know. But yeah. I just think you just don't have, they've just not really catered to younger fan base to get that next generation really excited about the game, whether it be as a fan or as a player. You know, it's a lot easier probably for a really good athlete who's 14 years old to say, I'm going to go into football or basketball and be able to have a better shot at a, go for a D1 college or a pro career than in baseball, you know, because right. obviously baseball is, I think, the toughest sport to really make the major leagues, or the big leagues in, I suppose, all, all the four major sports because it's just there's so many variables and just, you know, so I just think you do, we just don't have that enthusiasm anymore from the younger fan base to really, you know, keep going. I mean, baseball will always be there, but I just think you're going to have the same fervor you might have had in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, you know, and right. I just think it's, Speaking of baseball not being able to get out of its own way, Jim, here they are. They have the all-star weekend, right? They got the draft coming up. When do they schedule the first round of the draft? Right during the home run derby. Does that make any sense to you from any kind of angle whatsoever? (laughs) Uh, Yes, because of the people who run Major League Baseball. I've I've said this how many times I've never seen uh, a commissioner and a group that 
you know, heads, heads baseball right now that seems to hate its own game more than, more than Manfred <laughs> does and, and what they do. I was not aware of that, Gary, until you just said that. And you know what? I want to be shocked, but I'm not. And we touched on, <laughs> we touched, we touched on this about uh, with the podcast, uh, an earlier podcast about the draft and how to make it more exciting. And then they turn around and do this. I, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, it's, it's it's unforgivable, but there's it, certain it's, aspects of it that they can't control. You know, like for instance, it it's not their fault that if you draft an 18 year old, it's going to take four or five years before he actually impacts your team. You know, they can't right. control that. Um, that's the that's the nature of development, and um, and I think they're trying to. That's why they cut an entire level out of the minor league system. You know, because they're they're trying to make the the path a little faster to Major League Baseball, but um, that, that's a long road of of, of construction that's going to take place to get them to the point where they're they're churning players a little faster. I think that the teams, not unlike the Pirates, are anxiously waiting for that day because they would love nothing more than to churn players faster, so they don't have to pay them. Um, and maybe, maybe there's a way to, I don't know if you can incentivize these things with the players or tie it into even charities where, um, you know, if you're Brian Reynolds and uh, they'll make a $250,000 donation to his favorite charity to do the uh, home run derby, would he be interested in that? I don't want him anywhere near the home run derby because nope. I don't. I don't think he's he, he his, he's a home run hitter, and I think more damage can come from it than good. But I mean, there's got to be ways where they can make this more appealing to guys, or or um, um, give them a little bit more of a, a an extra day break or something. I mean, they've just got to they've just got to think outside the box a little bit. Yeah, it's not the old days where you can. Uh give Pete Rose a, a Corvette for winning the MVP of the game, right? I mean, <laughs> these guys don't care about that anymore, you know? So no, no, they do no. not. Maybe, maybe we should promise them 10,000 followers on TikTok or something. That would probably <laughs> help go. everybody, right? There you go. But, hey, guys, hey, great conversation, and I am looking forward to the All-Star game and, and the draft. And, uh, hey, let's hope we have a better week of baseball, huh? We have the, the Mets – for seven straight games spanning the all-star game. So <laughs> boy, we better get used to blue and orange, huh? Yeah. Maybe yeah. they can talk, maybe they can talk a little trade too while they're at it. There hey, you go. Well, it's a perfect showcase, isn't it? Cause they That's do right. a lot of things, right? That's right. Hopefully uh, they don't hurt Jacob deGrom talking about sending them out of the bullpen here, like before the all-star break for some reason, like, like they're afraid <laughs> of the scary pirates or something. I mean, Okay, whatever the, whatever the Mets do, though, that's their problem, not ours. So. Yes, it is. Hey, uh, let's go ahead and say goodbye to everybody here, Rich, and tell people how to get a hold of you if you'd like to. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Uh, if you want to hold me on Twitter, uh, at Rich IMAT on Twitter, uh, you know, and feel free to chat me up or DM me, DM me if you want for any questions or comments, whatever. Feel free. Yeah. Sounds good. And Jim, how do they get a hold of you, my friend? Let's uh, let's go with Jim Stam at Jim Stam 22 or for the city underscore 412 on Twitter. Give me a follow. I will follow back. Um, and yeah, Pittsburgh all the way. Pirates, Steelers, Penguins, Pitt. And um, yeah, let's have a good week with the Pirates and see what happens with this trade deadline. 
All right, and everybody, I am Gary Morgan, your host. Uh, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at GaryMO2007, or you can uh, comment under this post on the asylum, follow me on Facebook, however you want to do things on there. I want to talk baseball. I want to talk sports. And uh, if you're going to be at the DK Pittsburgh Sports Meetup at uh, Mike's Beer Bar on the 15th, I will be there. And I'd be happy to shake your hand and say hello. So uh, without further ado, let's go Bucks. Have a great week. Yeah.